On this week's episode, we earn the power of self-respect with Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Is Scott Pilgrim an incel? Are we hashtag Team Young Neil? And did the Katya Nagi twins parent trap Ramona Flowers? Find out now. You're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. One, two, three, four... Per second, welcome to the show. Just like the chaos theater. Uh, as always, I'm your host Robert Spiewak Bohorkas, and welcome to the podcast of us, the films we love the most. And uh, this week we are carving through Scott Pilgrim's fraught romantic past, and you know, finding who we like, who we don't like about just Edgar Wright's 2010 comic book adaptation. Uh, and yeah, um, that's. I don't have anything else to say besides that. Um, across the table <laughs> from me, yeah, across the table from me, uh, the young Neil to my Neil, Quasi Phillips. <laughs> What's up, Robert? How's it going? Doing good, man. Sipping on some rosé in the summertime. Yeah. Seattle summer is the best. It's amazing. Debatable. Yeah. It's so good. It it's rains so every morning still. It's so dreary, but then you get to the afternoons after work and you come home and it's just nice as hell. Yeah. yeah, and then we close all the doors and windows, and we sweat, sweat lodge it up on the podcast, and exactly. it's great. That's the best it thing. Yeah. Quasi, did you watch the movie this week? No. Uh, I have watched this movie a lot before, though, so I feel still feel prepared in my heart for this. To I think it's going to be great. Witness. To witness what goes on. The various to... face-offs. Oh, yeah. Many face-offs, but <laughs> I think, you know, it's, it's yeah, uh, I've seen this before. I'm excited to hear what our panel has to say today. It's going to yeah. be great. Hell yeah, um, it's it's great to have. Never mind. I should you should have been Nega Scott to my Scott. Yeah, whatever. We'll do that. Yeah, post show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll host the post show as Scott. Nega Scott. Scott. <laughs> He's actually a really nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, thank you for being here and everybody. Let's um, we'll start with uh, the roasting panel this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, put the pencil behind my ear. Ooh. Before we do that. Yeah, it looks so, it looks so studious. Uh-huh. And, uh, okay, so yeah, first things first, uh, we have local Seattle storyteller. Find her on social media at Casey Rom and friend of the show, Casey Rom. Oh, hello. How's it going? Uh, good. We killed a bottle of rosé, though, and I'm regretting not buying a second. <laughs> it's, thank you so much, first of all. I mean, you know what? They, you know, he got, uh, what is it? Scott got particularly drunk off of two G&Ts. So yeah. <laughs> all we needed was two rosé, uh, two, rose, two bottles of rosé. Exactly. Um, but thank you for being here. Um, and next to her, film and political activist, find her on social media, at Maddie Vonhoff, also a friend of the show. Maddie Vonhoff. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good, I'm ready to pot about death and get you sad and stuff. There we go. Yes. That's it. I was saving it for you because you <laughs> Yeah. Very you with the assist. Yeah. I was. I'm like, I have this joke ready. I'll leave um, slam. Well done. But, uh, but yeah, and then on the defense this week, across the table from the roasters, uh, fellow podcaster, filmmaker, and editor, find him and his podcast on social media at BTB Films. I forget if there's a pod at the end. Jacob Fultz. Uh, I think there is. Okay. I forget if there is. We're too. always, yeah, every time. <laughs> I don't, neither of us remembers social media. They're handle. so good at social media. I should look that up. 
<laughs> Social media. Keep that, keep that in the back pocket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give it to Just somebody. Need some cards. <laughs> some business if, cards. for example, you're on a podcast to yes. you know, promote yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, thank you for being here as well. No problem. And you know how it goes. We start things off with movie in a minute. Um, give us God. the full plot synopsis of Scott Pilgrim. You take them eyes off them notes. Oh, yeah. I see you. Yeah. They're on my phone, not on this okay. pad right. of detailed notes right. <laughs> <laughs> that I have next to me. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I'll give you a three count, and then you're off. Are you ready? Uh, sure. Oh, all right. And uh, in three, two, one, go. Scott Pilgrim is a 23-year-old living in Toronto, Canada. He is in a band, and he plays bass. Uh, the band is called Sex Babam. He is dating a 17-year-old girl who is in high school named Knives Chow, and his friends are disappointed in him for that. And then he falls in love with this new pink-haired girl named Ramona Flowers, who is uh, of his age. And um, he, instead of breaking it off with Knives, he just kind of cheats on Knives in in the softest way possible, Um, but still cheats on her. And uh, then later uh, he finds out that he has to fight Ramona's seven evil ex-boyfriends in order to stay with her. He defeats six of them and then breaks up with Ramona Flowers after a huge fight. And then they find out that the fans, or that the uh, label owner named Gideon is the, uh, is, shit, is the seventh uh, deadly ex. And I'm totally losing it. Uh, and you're out of time. I, fuck, so, fuck, fuck. I so wanted to just interrupt you and be like, seven evil exes. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah, let's not use gendered language yeah. here. Yeah. 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 Evil ex boy was like, seven evil exes. Yes. Oh, my God. I really wanted to do it. Oh, my God. Oh, I'll mess up the floor. I, uh, I mean, you were pretty much there. So, yeah, so yeah. G-Man Graves is the seventh, um, and they have two final showdowns at the Chaos Theater. One where Scott earns the power of love and loses, and then he earns the power of self-respect. And wins, um, with the help of Knives Chow and Ramona Flowers. Um, and then uh, Scott has to fight Nega Scott, and they don't fight because they're friends, because they're the same person. Mm-hmm. And then they leave, and uh, the future appears like it's going to be ambiguous for Roma- Ramona and Scott. And then Knives says, you were fighting for her the whole time. Go to her. And uh, they walk through a door, and the movie's over. And that's it. That's it. Roll credits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, after a countdown from the boys. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's the movie. Um, very good. Pretty good. You're close. Yeah. Um, for the, your first time without notes. And um, yeah, there's one other thing I was gonna say. I can't remember. Whatever. Um, and so Jacob, that means you get your opening statements now. Tell us why you like Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah, great. Um, so this movie has many layers of, of love for me. Uh, so the first one is just the uh, filmmaking craft of it. Um, so like the visual style, the, the, the visual effects, like how it's kind of this uh, attention deficit style of editing uh, that's really interesting. And um, just all the lighting changes, all the hair and wardrobe changes, you know, when he just appears with the hat on like that shit is just <laughs> super funny um so yeah from like a craft standpoint i think this movie uh is really like on top of it as far as like the technical aspects of it um i also really like this movie on a superficial level i i like all the jokes i like all of the zelda uh sound design that's like throughout this entire movie i'm a big gamer so uh mm-hmm. 
all the gaming stuff, I'm just like, I know what that is. I know what that's from, you know? <laughs> and so, and this movie's just like full of that, like, um, just like really kind of odd video game references mm-hmm. that don't really like who, like there's like a Resident Evil 2 reference that doesn't really fit in like the tone of the movie, but they like make it work with the tone. Uh, so that kind of stuff I, I think is awesome. And then on a personal level, um, Scott Pilgrim's experience was uh, very like similar to mine in high school to 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 an extent you, you know to fight a bunch of people yeah like i had to fight a bunch of demon hipster chicks <laughs> do you, you know, know kung fu this is uh <laughs> this is seattle you know <laughs> um no but like what what he kind of learns about self-respect um so that that whole message uh really resonated with me later when i saw it in college so uh so yeah that's uh that's pretty much it okay um roasters uh in talk he opened with the craft of the movie and the spectacle. So I think what I want to start with, uh, or what y'all should start with, is like just kind of like the story and like what you think the le- like what's the lesson of this movie in terms of like storytelling. Yeah, Maddie, go ahead. Yeah. So I think it's pretty. You pretty much can't argue that this movie is like a beautifully crafted movie. It's a lot of fun. It's pretty glitzy on the top. It's pretty colorful. The reality, though, is that the story of this movie is supposed to be a love story and a story of a young man coming to age and learning self-respect. I would argue that the love story isn't very good and his life lesson isn't very good either. Like, I'm not sure exactly if you were to remove all of like the colorful gaming references and special effects, what movie you would be left with. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that... Uh we basically only find out that Scott earned self-respect because the voice tells us that he did. There's no real evidence that he earned self-respect. A sword bursts out of his chest. (laughs) (laughs) The love sword also burst out of his chest. That's how we knew it was love, too. I I had a hard time with basically the entire ending because, again, it was really pretty and it distracted me up until that point. And then, you know, I think it's pretty telling that Nega Scott is the exact same person as Scott like so the, <laughs> the direct opposite of this person is himself so that says a lot about his personality uh, <laughs> but I I think that ultimately he's not a rootable lead character and and you get distracted by the quippy language and the pretty video game references and I guess just echoing that point it says that he learned self-respect because a title card you know flashed yeah. over the screen <laughs> But if you think about it, how did he learn self-respect and why? Because the only reason he fought Gideon in the first place was because Gideon is an evil ex. He has zero beef with Gideon, other than that he once dated Ramona Flowers. So him learning self-respect and coming back to finish the fight, he still won it for Ramona. There's no other reason for him to Yeah, he could have just walked there. away. <laughs> he could, yeah, real Got self-respect would have been him left. going, you know, like... <laughs> Ramona's not worth it, and we don't have much of a love story because, frankly, throughout the movie, Ramona Flowers doesn't really reciprocate Scott Pilgrim's affections. And when she does, it's pretty heavy-handed. So, arguably, what is he even fighting for? He's fighting for a love of a woman who hasn't really given it to him back. Mm -hmm. I don't see how winning that fight is self-respect. When he comes back to fight Gideon, what do you think he, like, learns? What is, like, the earning moment for him in that because it, we we are told it's self-respect. 
And if it's not self-respect, what is it? Like, what, what does he, like, gain from this fight? I mean, the only, the only redemptive thing I can see there is that he comes clean to knives and her. But uh-huh. the only reason he even knew to do that was because he got that extra life. So he knew knives was in the background of this fight scene. Mm-hmm. Like, he could have he just never spoken to knives again. And this poor 17-year-old girl would have just gone on, like, not really knowing what happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's funny. Um, so I guess I'll just start with uh, the self-respect thing and, like, that, that shift. Um, when Scott is going through, and he initially goes, he's convinced by Wallace Wells, his, his roommate, to, to go after Ramona, you know, for Ramona. And that's when he learns the power of love, and then he loses Right. And then he's in this dream sequence and it's in the dream sequence that he learns that Ramona uh, has like this weird like mind control kind of chip in the back of her neck. And the self-respect part of that is that, oh, Gideon plugged that into her to, to fuck with Scott, essentially. Uh, so he is deciding, hey, I'm going to go take back. Um, uh, I'm going to go defeat Gideon because he is... Not only is he a horrible person for for put, implanting this weird chip in the back, but also for, uh, like the fact that he like kind of cheated the the game. Like he, he got under Scott's mm-hmm. skin, you know, to mm-hmm. to get to Ramona. Because uh, after they were in the breakup, that's when you know Gideon kind of comes back. Um, so for me, that that is like the power of self respect. You know, like it's fast. It's a really fast thing. But he he is like deciding to like hey i'm gonna do this because of this reason instead of for ramona like he did before well i actually i think that leads kind of well into another point that i had of contention with this movie is that i almost feel like it could have been either two movies or longer or just paced differently because you get the idea that gideon is the big bad but then they totally tell don't show like oh yeah, he implanted this thing and you should be mad at him about it. Like you get very little screen time with Gideon to to feel that hatred for him. You get the most screen time with like the first two exes that are kind of inconsequential in the end and then a little bit of Todd and then there's like just Gideon's all of a sudden there. And I think if they had paced the story differently, I would have hated him more and I would have wanted him defeated more and I would have been on Scott's side. Fair enough. I, but I think Scott Pilgrim, or not Scott, uh, Gideon has a really good, like, shit eating grin on his yeah. face that makes you want to yeah. hate him. That's what I was like, okay, you fuck saying, you. I think we should beat people up because of the way they look. Yeah. <laughs> he's, With he's that face on movie. and talking to me about how much he, like, is trying to always gonna promote my career. Fuck that dude. <laughs> I think he's in the movie for like ten minutes though, and that's, that's just that's, that's insane. True. He's, yeah, he's the biggest villain. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, and it's you, a look- you, you had your hand up. I really quick want to do like a rundown of the exes because we've only mostly been talking about Gideon. Ooh, yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um so there's the number one, which is Dev Patel, right? Matthew, okay. Patel. Matthew, Matthew, yeah, Matthew Patel. Matthew. Who's Dev Patel? That's he's the, the guy in Lion. Um yeah. He's an extra in this Matthew Patel. Who gets a great, epic, long scene. He does. Yeah, he does. With Awkwardly long, chicks. I would say. Yeah, but maybe anyway. a little. He's dressed yeah. like a pirate. <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, Lucas Lee, who's number two. Mm-hmm. Um, number three is Todd, right? No. Yeah, Todd Ingram. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Todd Ingram. Todd, yeah. the vegan. Yeah. Um, or not a vegan, actually. Um, and then... Roxy Richter. Roxy's mm-hmm. number four. And then five, five and six, six are the Asian Katya yeah. Nagi. Kyle, Katya Nagi. Kyle and Ken. <laughs> Which is 
a stupid scene that could have just been completely left out. Like it was. But that poster had so many exclamation points. <laughs> that whole scene is probably my biggest beef with the movie. And then Gideon Graves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Maddie, you, you go ahead now. I just want to get everyone. Yeah, I think when they throw kind of Gideon at the end, they try to play it out like, oh, he's because what he was like a record deal label yeah. guy or something the like that. He signed Sex yeah. Bomb minus Scott. And... Yeah, and like, and so they kind of tried to throw out a little bit of like a last minute, like the real enemy is capitalism, man, you know. <laughs> but it's like too late to push that. And I think, regardless of not whether Ramona has a chip in her. Throughout the movie, she's totally indifferent to Scott. And so whether or not he saves her because he's hoping to get with her or because he realizes that Gideon is actually evil and holding her hostage, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it matters all that much. Because what is he trying to prove to himself? And I guess there's some argument that can be made that he's trying to prove that he can defeat these people. Mm It just kind of falls flat because Scott, as a person, has no redeemable characteristics. It's confusing why Ramona's even letting him take this challenge at all or what sort of chemistry they have. He's mean and pouty with all the women in his life. Mm-hmm. He is entitled. He's an asshole. Like, And even at the end, like you were saying, like even with his alter ego, it's like the same guy. It's just a whole confusing movie about... <laughs> why Scott Pilgrim kind of deserves a coming-of-age story and who is the one who walks away at the end because I would argue it's still Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Sure. Well, and I wonder, it it, ha- it suffers a little bit from, like, the Game of Thrones effect in that the um, comic book series wasn't finished when they made the movie. Mm. And so I feel like the first oh. half is a lot stronger than the second half and I think it almost could have been like a Kill Bill style, like first three X's <laughs> up until Todd, which uh. is a really important, like climactic yeah. thing because yeah. Todd is dating his big ex, right, right. Envy, who is awesome and should have been on screen a lot longer. Mm-hmm. So it's I think like that could have been a very compelling part one. And then maybe when they had a little more source material or a little more time to flesh it out, you could have had the other four X's on the back half. Interesting. Right. Like, I would argue that Knives actually has the only character arc of anyone (laughs) in the entire movie. I would say that if anyone deserves to have a sword bursting out of her chest of self-respect, it's Knives, really. Because she goes from a kind of, like, puppy dog following fangirl, like, Scott Pilgrim groupie to... Man. Ooh, Rose, they hit you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Very passionate. Yeah, I'm just yeah, one drink and I'm done. Wow. Um, but that, <laughs> <laughs> but that knives not only goes from like a Scott Pilgrim groupie to someone that is willing to let him walk away, like to come and save the day, and did not do it for him. She did it for herself because she was willing to let him walk away at the end. Mm-hmm. Versus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what Scott Pilgrim walked away with at the end. So I think Knives is really the only one who has a character arc, and I think it's a really good one. The problem is that the movie is not called Knives versus the World. It's Scott Pilgrim versus the World. So Knives Child versus the World. Yeah, exactly. I think there should be like an alter movie, you know, of like yeah. her point of view this whole time. Yeah, that'd be uh, interesting, I think. Um, so I guess I'll just start with... Uh, Scott Pilgrim being a uh, a protagonist, the redeemable uh, asshole. Yeah, the redeemable <laughs> asshole. Irredeemable. Because I, I think <laughs> his point's redeemable. I think uh, Scott like salt of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Scott 
scum of the earth. Scum of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just like, he's positive. And she's like, no! <laughs> Awful. This whole podcast is just going to be a quote-off, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott, uh, for, for me, he's he is kind of like a soft anti-hero, I think. Like, he, he's definitely, like, not a good guy. Um, everyone tells him that he's not a good guy throughout the entire movie. Um, they talk about how pathetic he is, talk about how he's screwing up. Like, his sister is kind of the the opposite character, or the character who's in charge of, like, giving Scott his, like, moral context and for, for the audience, right? Like, she's always kind of taking a big old dump on him, you know? Yeah, like, she and Aubrey Plaza. And Wallace. And Aubrey Plaza, and Wallace, and yeah. every character in this movie. Um, so I think the self-respect thing comes from him coming out of that, you know, and deciding, hey, I am going to now just take charge in this last final moment. Um, so, yeah, he's a shitty person, you know. He cheats on knives. It's like the plot of the movie, you know. Uh, so, yeah, he's not like a bad person, but he's also like, I, I want to say he's a soft anti-hero because he, it's not like he's going around like, well, he's going around killing people, but it's not like, like, <laughs> oh God, like, social, like in the movie, killing people is like an okay thing to do. Um, but like in like High Plains Drifter or, or like a Western movie, you know, the anti-hero, they go and kill people and that's like a big deal. Um, but in this movie, him just dating a high schooler is the worst thing that he can do and him cheating on um, Ramona and Knives is the worst thing he can do. Um, so that's why that's why it's it's kind of like a soft anti-hero, which I'm not a huge fan of the soft anti-hero, like in general, because like why would you do a soft one? You know, just like do do <laughs> just, a hard one. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, but I, I I still think him as a character is really interesting because you're still rooting for him. You know, he's still like he still has some lovableness, and there's a some relatability there with the kind of sadness that he's going through. You know, because everyone's gone through a big breakup, and the fact that it's just like this weird happy sadness thing that this movie does that really like gives gives the relatable context to the character for uh, the audience. So I guess out of curiosity, you had said earlier that Scott Pilgrim was a movie that like you saw yourself in, that it like resonated with you when mm-hmm. you were watching in college. What parts of him or like what aspects I guess of the movie um, did you relate to? Because I think what I'm concerned about is that, ev- like, we can talk about this as him being a soft anti-hero. What I'm concerned about is that most people who watch this movie, especially men, do not see him as an anti-hero. They just see him as the hero, right? And so I think this movie ha- does a lot to perpetuate this idea of, like, the entitled white male nerd who, you know, still gets the woman at the end. Oh, shit. D- despite- is Scott Pilgrim an incel? oh absolutely and so i feel like most people walked away with this being like yeah i should get the manny manic pixie dream girl at the end Mm -hmm. you know i should Mm -hmm. be able to get away with all this and he really has no redeemable features that oh you know that someone should be attracted to right so you mean like on a physical level or no just in a Totally personality. Okay. It's just a douchebag. His hair's pretty um, long, though. Yeah, yeah right. it's a little shit. No, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> um, so I guess that's what like I am a little concerned with is people watching the movie and what messages they're taking away with. So I'd love to hear what message sure. you took away with. Oh, great. Yeah, I mean, I can talk about that because it totally affected me directly. Uh, for for me, it was the the self respect aspect of it. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was a really interesting movie. Um, 
but you know by by itself for its visual style and it and you know me being a huge zelda fan i think it kind of sucked me in as that and for me like people this is a movie like built for zelda fans because zelda is like princess in the castle right save the girl and then at the very end maybe she'll you know throw you a bow or something and then you could defeat the the evil monster and you know and that's kind of what this movie is but i liked how they turned it around and made it about this self-respect thing like i like that it, it it became like this um different thing because like when from for me watching it when he was like oh he learned the power of love i was like well that's just like Zelda, you know what i mean that's just like the game you know and 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 i there's like this empty feeling but then when it became about this other thing it was like hey this is great so uh me as a avid zelda player um that kind of resonated with me because i wasn't like in high school, I wasn't like a big self-respect kind of guy. You know what I mean? Um, it didn't really make sense to me. But then later on, it was like, okay, this is, mm-hmm. I, I understand this. Um, uh, I mean, I understood it before I watched this movie. But mm-hmm. it just was like, oh, it brought back old feelings type of thing. Right. Um, so for me, I, I don't see it. I see it as the opposite of Princess in the Castle. Like I see uh, him doing it for him. Like it still ends the story with the, in a Princess in the Castle kind of way but like I think the alternate ending which I'll just bring it up now is kind of worse like in a way because in the alternate ending he ends up with knives and Ramona walks away mm-hmm. um, but I think that totally undercuts like the progression of knives and Ramona in the movie mm-hmm. uh, because knives it's about her like figuring out that scott is a douchebag and she doesn't need him anymore and she's too cool for him you know (laughs) and then with ramona it's about uh instead of her wandering off alone into a new place she's going with somebody Uh um so those like and then for scott it's like he finally has learned the power of Uh self-respect you know and uh kind of got over his his old ex-girlfriend or I think the self-respect message would have gone further if he walked away alone at the end because even though he would have been sending Ramona off alone he also freed her of this like baggage she was carrying Mm -hmm. for lord knows Mm -hmm. how long sure and I think that that ultimately it still wanted to be a love story but you get very little indication of Ramona's personality even the use of the exes could have illuminated a lot more of her past like all you really got was that she was kind of a dick mm-hmm. and now she's maybe not like I don't know I <laughs> I have a lot of issues with Ramona's character because I I wanted to root for her like I went into this movie with the marketing of the movie and with Knives being this like child who's not a realistic person for him to date and I thought like okay I'm gonna root for this like kind of edgy cool chick and then she doesn't really do anything edgy or cool except Mm. change her hair color yeah I think him walking away with her really undercuts what they're trying to do as someone who also was an avid Zelda player growing up one of the reasons I also played Zelda was because Link doesn't really end up with Zelda he does save her um, and, you know, often with her help, you know, but mm-hmm. he hardly ever, I'm trying to think of a game where he ends up with I her. I mean, really, I don't it, think. They don't, there's no, like, ending shot They really like end that. as friends. Yeah. yeah, and there's a little yeah, hints of it here and there, depending on who will get, like, a kiss on the cheek or yeah. whatever like that. For really the most depends part, on who's playing it. Because right. it's, like, in, like, people's heads. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but in the game, 
he never he doesn't never ends up with her and i think that would have been a more powerful form of self-respect in that he did come in and then they all realize him ramona and knives that really none of them are good for each other because we haven't seen any indication in the movie that that any of them make the other the better person knives walked away because she knew that scott wasn't good for her scott you know kind of became a pining morose puppy dog for ramona (laughs) and ramona also wasn't you know showing him any sort of sign of affection and all that. I wish they had all just, dis- I wish they had all realized they all deserved better and had walked mm-hmm. away. Yeah. Really all the characters in this movie should just walk away from each other. <laughs> they should have just waved uh, and been like, goodbye. Honest, yeah, they should <laughs> all just kind of go away. Envy and Todd are perfect for each other. <laughs> yeah. 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 Todd's dead. And I yeah. think that's kind of just some of the problems with this movie is that, mm-hmm. You know, Knives has this great arc, but honestly, for the rest of the women, it gets pretty rough. It's it's definitely kind of like male geek fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty mm-hmm. telling that out of seven exes, you have one who's a woman and she orgasms to death versus the other exes are defeated by, like, physical prowess yeah. or yeah. or Head intellectual <laughs> intellectual games or, like, contests or self-respect or friendship and the woman is defeated. Like, very much most of the women in this are reduced to kind of sexual objects for Scott Pilgrim to either fantasize about or betray or, you know, his ex is in it. You know, obviously she's just kind of like this, um, you know, woman on a pedestal for him. I just think most of the women in this are sexual objects for Scott Pilgrim Mm -hmm. to either go after or not punch because they're a girl or try to get Mm -hmm. with or like Mm -hmm. lament over he's no longer with you know initially his entire arc with Ramona is that he sees her one time obsesses over her literally stalks her around a party (laughs) and then (laughs) forces her to like like, go on a date with him by threatening her job that's a title in the movie it's like and then he stalks her like Like, with different editing this could have been a horror movie with different music (laughs) with different cuts this could have been a way this would have been more like Passenger he's killing my (laughs) ex-boyfriend right like this guy hunting down and you're just seeing like your ex-boyfriend's like being killed in the news when you open yeah. the paper you're like what like, even, <laughs> even the fact that like knives just passes out for the entire initial fight and that's mm. like i don't know there's there's not a lot I, I can't even think of like any of the other women character i mean aubrey pause is there for a second brie Anna larson's Kendrick's character that, yeah larson. brie larson's uh, character could have pill yeah Pill. well Who, and then yeah Scott you, dated her yeah now. you yeah. get that they used to date and that he did something shitty to her and it's like and she's clearly pining over him yeah right? she's not over it yeah she's yeah. not over it and it's like why is anyone not over this motherfucker he sucks <laughs> yeah. like, i don't I don't get it. Yeah. I, the people in Toronto. Like, yeah. It was immediately replaced by Young Neil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> young Neil. By both Knives and the band. Like, I I don't know. I, I, team Young Neil. I, <laughs> team Young Neil. I think Young Neil. Team Young Neil. I am, uh, I understand where you guys are coming from. Uh, I just, I, I get, I disagree with it being sexual. Because cause for me, it's, it's not sexual at all. It's just romantic. You know? The orgasm to death is not sexual at all. <laughs> That is definitely sexy. <laughs> or Scott Pilgrim's ex girlfriend. The fact that he's like, you dated a girl. Was it sexy? I'm like, okay, I've seen this <laughs> yeah. thread in yeah. every sitcom that has ever sure. existed. Yeah. Like, 
yes, she dated a girl, let's move on. Yeah. And they also I, I I mean, get diminish the... that as well, you know, like she calls it a phase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lesbian. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those um definitely like kind of weird gay jokes that doesn't really like work anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't I don't think that um it is like this movie is uh, putting women in a very sexual light. Like I don't, I don't think Kim is like sexual. You know, I think she's just like a, an ex girlfriend of. And like this movie is about ex boyfriends and girlfriends, right? So obviously you could look at it in a sexual context if you wanted to, like the Katsunagi twins. Like you know, when I was watching this, I was like, she dated twins. <laughs> <laughs> What <laughs> you know? Well, which the movie just like, passes by. Time? Yeah. yeah, she never answers. Yeah, yeah. she never answers. Maybe um, they parent trapped her. And... <laughs> 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 she didn't know. But I, I, I don't see it as sexual at all. I just see it as like romantic. And yeah, I think the 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 Mae Whitman's uh, character, the latex lesbian lady. Uh, Roxy Rick. Rock, thank you. <laughs> uh, is... Latex lesbian lady. <laughs> also alliteration. That's her. That's a superhero uh, name. That's a superhero <laughs> name. But, um, like that kind of that kind of sucks. But I, I don't think it like puts women specifically in like a bad light at all. I, sure, but I think I'm I'm apprehensive about what message geeky men walk away with after seeing this movie because it's I don't think it's the message that women shouldn't have to date you mm-hmm. or that a woman's no actually means no or that women are their own separate human beings with like desires and fantasies and you know all of that i think men walk away with you fight a woman's evil exes and then you get the girl at the end and everyone forgives you and you know all of that he didn't really have to you know pay for anything that he had done any of the mistakes or missteps that he had made throughout the process so I do wonder about men walking away and what they think about women, and especially mm-hmm. watching it as a young age when they're kind of becoming adults and they're establishing their own identity about what is romantic and what and how to have relationships, expect you know, um, heterosexual relationships with women. What? How do they see those relationships? Because it sure. essentially started with stalking, yeah. and then she, at the well, end, well, you she, also mm-hmm. have a male character like punch a woman in the face and punch the highlights out of her hair, which I'm <laughs> assuming yeah. is supposed to be like a metaphor for he punched her really fucking hard, yeah. and like, and and he's just like, I don't care, I'll hit a girl, <laughs> and he's supposed, I'm a rock star. he's like, he's like the one. That Envy chooses over Scott, who we already hate. So I'm like, uh, what are yeah. we learning here? He's like, All men he's, are a yeah. bad choice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he was a vegan, and that just makes you a little bit better. Than yeah. But I, mean, I guess that's a great point. Like the the women in this movie, I think they're either pretty two dimensional or they're knives chow. Yeah. I'm wondering a little bit about the men. Like, is there any redeemable men? That we see on screen here. Well, yeah, I mean, or are they either young evil Neil or yeah, yeah. It's really young. Neil. I mean, but young Neil is like knives chow. Like he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Sure. You know, he's innocent. Yeah. And like you, you do have like Wallace Wells, who's also like sex obsessed. You know, yeah. so now we have yeah, all these gay characters who are just hey, yeah, gay they, people. They like the joke is the sex. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't make so, up the gay rule book. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but. 
I forgot. I forgot what it was. I guess, like, are any men in this movie worthy of any of the women in this movie? Oh, (laughs) well, I don't think think so. That much about uh, Matthew Patel. Yeah. (laughs) Right, yeah. Matthew Patel. He's up on fashion trends. I feel, like yeah. if you, I feel like if you join the league, though, like you're kind of. I think shady. you're kind of a deer. Yeah, right, right. Like, why right. You literally you? don't want her to have any agency you and you move on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think kind of all the characters are bad in this yeah. movie. Except like, knives. I, except knives, and well, even knives, life to an extent is like not. Like she has a lot to learn, you yeah. know. But I think we like her because she's innocent, in, in the same way that we like. Um, Young Neil, you know. In my head, canon, they end up together. So. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I guess like all the shitty things that men do to women in this movie, they uh, they're they're worse than Scott, you know. And Scott Scott is trying to be a good person. He just doesn't know how, and he has to learn how. And I, I think he can recognize, hey, he punched the highlights out of, you know, Knives's hair. And I you know I think us like looking at it, we can say, this is all bad. Yeah. Or, or we could look at it as Scott is trying to find his, like, find the moral compass, you know? And that, and that's part of why I, I really like this movie, is because he's the one going on this adventure to, like, fix or, mm-hmm. or try, try to be a better person. And I encourage people trying to be a better person rather than just being perfect all the way through. Because if it was like that, it would literally just be Link in this movie, and it would be so uninteresting. Yeah. Is there is I think that that kind of that point uh, boils down to the la- those last two scenes of the movie is the power of love versus the power of self-respect and the battle that takes place with those two concepts in mind. Like I think that's kind of why he kind of, uh, in my mind I think that's why Edgar Wright placed those two. He made it like okay, this is the power of love fight. This is the power of self-respect fight and they're two different outcomes. And I think anyone if they had a chance to go back and realize something about themselves and go back to another situation, they would tackle it different. I think that's kind of what, that's what I saw in that moment was that they, these are these two people, these are these two Scots facing this moment. And what, how do you take it and what do you learn and what do you do? And there are two different outcomes, obviously. Uh, one of them, he dies and one of them, yeah. he, he uh, is redeemed in some way. So is there, is there, in those two scenes, or the same scene in two different lights, can you kind of find that, like, what the movie is trying to tell you? Yeah. I, I mean, I think he he's matured, you know? Yeah, like in, or, in or is it just, is it not, it does it not hit the mark? To me, it just think? doesn't hit the mark. And I think that the biggest difference is the end-end when he walks away with Ramon. Yeah, so or the, knives. the whole other part either, of it, Either alternate ending okay. or whatever. I'm like, no, he should have just, like, walked away alone, like... They they all came together. They hashed it out. Knives runs off, and is too cool for him, and probably ends up with Young Neil. And Ramona leaves. And <laughs> we she, can only hope. Ramona is now free to do whatever the fuck she wants. Right. And Scott is gone. Well, I just I, I I disagree because Scott does want Ramona, and he he always wanted Ramona, and uh, him not doing that would kind of be betraying himself and like what he wants which it goes against the self-respect I think I would have believed his self-respect more though if he had enough thought process to be like 
oh, I don't really know this person. Right, because arguably Ramona Flowers isn't a character with any sort of, like, personality or reason to desire other than her looks and what she stands for. Even their courtship is almost entirely the exes. Like, there's... Right. have essentially one date before he realizes. Right, so you would think if he learned real self-respect, it would be to pursue, like... He might want her, but Mm -hmm. real self-respect would be pursuing someone who wants you to and who has shown that they want you and has shown they're capable of reciprocating that. We have not seen that from Ramona Flowers. She's a sexy lamp. 100%. You know, 100%. Yeah. Sexy. You know, like. You could, any shade you want. She's you the trophy. The yeah, exactly. Green shade, pink shade, <laughs> yeah. blue shade. Uh, when the lamp's feeling it, you know. Yeah. Right. Bulbs, you can change the color. Yeah. And that's the thing. Her hair has more personality yeah, than sure. her whole character. She's sure. fickle. So, She's fickle. So, yeah. So, him going after her. I'm not sure what self-respecting person would go after someone who is really just a placeholder for like a MacGuffin trophy in this. Sure, I, I, maybe yeah. maybe we read an end part differently. Uh, yeah. But for for me, the the end when she when he goes, she leaves. Right, mm-hmm. so she leaves, and Knives is like, you need to go after her. Right? right, Knives gets her progression and is and is done, which is awesome. And Scott goes to Ramona, and he's like, hey. Uh, where are you going and then eventually he asks can i leave with you and she says you want to do that you know and for me that is her accepting scott in you know so that that is her like maybe i should go to the next my on my next journey with someone else instead of alone like she always did in the past so for me like that kind of gives her and and scott something like the fact that he asked instead of just was entitled I think on that note, uh, we've reached the time anyways. It's about time to unmask, y'all. Um, and so with that, I think, uh, Jacob, if it's cool, start with you. How do you really feel about Scott Pilgrim? Yeah, I mean, this is so sexist, and I hate it. And uh, <laughs> Scott is such a cock. Uh, <laughs> a cocky cock! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, like, I like this movie a lot. For, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. it's awesome. I mean, my opening statements, you know, it's very close to me. You know, it's in my top ten as of movies. My favorite nice. favorite Edgar Wright. I know it's the least Edgar Wrighty of all of <laughs> Edgar Wright's movies, um, which I think... I don't even know about that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I just love it to death, and I love Zelda, so I can't... <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible for me to hate with, like, the fact that they got Nintendo to right. get the, the actual the sounds. sounds. Like yeah. the fairy fountain. Oh, the fairy fountain. Yeah. The, yeah, and just little things like the little Mac computer sounds yeah. in the background. It's yeah. really great on a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maddie. I love this movie. Yeah. Like, Zelda. Yeah, like, I went and saw it with my dad, who's the one who introduced me to video games in the first place, and I grew up, like, watching him play LAN parties and all that with his friends, so... LAN parties? Yeah, LAN, at <laughs> LAN parties. Sexy LAN parties. Yeah. Sexy LAN parties? <laughs> yeah, LAN parties. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, I am absolutely in love with this movie, despite um, some of its flaws. Like, I actually used Sex Bob for a long time as, like, my gamer tag when I was nice. on Steam and all that. Nice. So, nice. Um, this movie is, like, near and dear to my heart. It was, I mean, it was hard to roast for sure, but I think, you know, how Valid points. Very, very yeah, poignant. I mean, Both of you guys. Very valid. All of you guys. Sorry. All of you guys. Very <laughs> poignant. All of you. All of you people <laughs> in my house right now. 
I'm getting Very a little bi furious right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, I'm in love with this movie despite, um, you know, kind of its weak uh, male protagonist. Um, but yeah, just all the references and the fights, and I've played the video game, and this just mm-hmm. is one of my favorite movies of all time. So, um, roasting it was a challenge, but I'm glad I did it. Casey? Uh, basically everything she just said, except <laughs> yes. for the video game part, because I don't play video games. I just love this movie because it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody even quoted Bread Makes You Fat, which is something <laughs> yes. I probably say like <laughs> weekly in my life. Bread Makes You Fat? <laughs> bread Makes You Fat? Um, but I, yeah, I saw this movie like with a big group of friends at the theater, and I remember just like the very first... Um, I'm trying to think of like what the first video game reference is. Maybe the P meter or something. And I was just like, yeah, I'm here for this. I'm totally yeah, yeah. yeah. The P meter. Yeah. I think it's in like opening. It's, it's before no, opening credits. It's, it's the it's universal title. It's oh, there's that. Yeah. yeah. But Scott Pilgrim is dating a high schooler. And oh like, yeah. No, I I absolutely and I actually already the opening the treasure chest. Yeah. In Zelda. I spoiled this this unmasking. If anybody is a big fan of the show, because in the Adventureland episode when Will said Adventureland was his rainy day movie, I was like, well, Scott Pilgrim is my rainy day. Damn right. Like I throwback. I've seen this movie like a thousand times. That just deepens the Twenty Four Flames lore. It's canon. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's amazing i mean come on it's hilarious yeah. it's quotable it's beautiful yeah. mm-hmm. i i maintain my uh it would be better as a kill bill style um two-parter that's an interesting point <laughs> it'd just but be like an epic i just want more of it that's really yeah. what it comes down to crazy mm-hmm. oh yes oh yes <laughs> I, I had so many things to say. I was really, I mean, you guys, obviously, you killed it. Um, so, But, uh, yeah, I love this movie. I think that no one talked about the martial arts in this movie, which are mm-hmm. incredible, mm-hmm. Uh, insanely good. Mm-hmm. Um, and just made it, like, that much more interesting that they're actually, like, it's actually really good fighting. That's mm-hmm. what made it yeah. really interesting to me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that part about this movie. Um, and I also, I'm, I love martial arts movies in general, anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm a, that's... I love that shit. Well, we didn't even talk about the music. And the yeah. music. Oh, man. So yeah. Because well, we had to roast it. We yeah. were like, let's Post just show. stay away from all of the good. We're, we're just like, let's yeah. just hit Scott yeah. Pilgrim hard because we yeah. can't yeah. say anything about the music. We're going to have a post show awesome. argument yeah. about the DJ, the twins, because yeah. I love that shit. That was yeah. so good. Still um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it, man. Edgar Wright is. The genius. Yeah. Just like yeah. the the visual, like in that scene specifically, yeah. like how they blow the roof off, right? Yeah. Is funny. You know, yeah. it's a joke. Yeah. But then it starts snowing inside and you get a sense of the space because yeah. there's all these like uh, particles around everywhere. So you get a sense of the wind a lot more mm-hmm. and you yeah. get a sense of like what's happening. And mm-hmm. he does that in every scene. He has like the cups in the base scene mm-hmm. and that yeah, are like flo- yeah. flo- flying around. And I don't know, there's just a lot of like smart things that you do to yeah. like understand the space that is yeah. happening in this movie. I mean, it's, it's, it's arguably a story impeccable. better told on movie than it was in its original yeah. comic book. format. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. And this is really the the one, the most comic booky adaptation I, I have seen, you know? Oh, yeah. Because, like, the Avengers and stuff are definitely, like, Actually, separated from, like, the comic books. It's, it, this lives in the... Like, but the the yeah. Avengers, like, this mm. lives in the real world. It's like the aesthetic yeah. is, yeah. like... Yeah. And, and the, the world is very mm-hmm. common. Right, yeah. And all of those, like, scenes, especially the fight with Matthew Patel, where it's, like, you have, like, those mm-hmm. double fade-ins of the yeah. characters yeah. Yeah. and the, and the, the panel. punching. Yeah. yeah. Oh, The dude. aspect yeah. ratio. Yeah. Is, 
going like the, up and down and yeah, up and the down freeze frame of the punches, but they're still kind of moving. Yeah, mm-hmm. killed it. So good. Uh, I, I like the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think our post show is just going to be yeah. a dash fest. Yeah. Also, also love that like all of Robert throughout this entire podcast is just quotes from the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leave, so, so if you haven't, well, go back and uh, watch the movie. Fans, and you'll notice yeah. <laughs> all the little yeah. fun little puns that we've been using all even, throughout. I didn't even get to watch it for this episode either. Yeah. All I want to do is rewatch it now. We yeah. watched it oh so many God. times. It's on HBO. Getting, it is. <laughs> I watched it this morning. Oh. I am getting a new TV today, so we could <laughs> yeah. watch it. First movie. Yeah. Let's get another bottle of wine. In yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, shit. We're gonna have a great post show. <laughs> Can we do a drink along yeah. following right instead now. of a post right show? Right now. Yeah. Impromptu drink along. Yeah. This is season two, people. I had yeah, like one drink. Um, yeah, I, I also love this movie. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, I don't remember the first time I saw it. Um, because I don't think I saw it in theaters, and I don't know why, but um, I think I saw mm-hmm. it like at like an outdoor movie in college or something. Oh yeah. Um, and rem- I remember being like really like almost thrown off guard by like how much I liked it because yeah. I didn't know what it like. That was before I was really like paying attention to dr- like directors and everything, and so like uh, it was just like this crazy movie, and then all of a sudden. Uh, it was like right around the time where I was like a freshman in college, sophomore in college, and I started like paying attention to like, oh, directors I like and styles and stuff. And that was like, I don't know, I, I like, I, I think it's my favorite Edgar Wright movie. I think oh, yeah. some, somebody else said that too, right? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think yeah. Top three. it's my favorite Edgar. Yeah. 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 I, I Mine mean, is Baby Driver still, but I think it's just so, still really good. I think it's so <laughs> like stylistically cohesive. Just kidding. You know what Post I mean? show. I was joking. Post show. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to say about that. Post show. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, think, I think Scott Pilgrim is like so stylistically cohesive that like it makes it yeah. this like full, complete Yeah, the design of, of it. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. Because um, all those things are things you can like do pretty easily, but they do them all in like this great tight little package that yeah. looks I mean yeah you yeah. you do motion graphics and motion uh, yeah. stuff like yeah, that yeah like all so, the things yeah. I'm like I know how to do that I know how to do that but they do it they like the design but of it is all everything. like so connected mm-hmm. so well that you know mm-hmm. it's like no one knows how to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but yeah I don't know I can, we, we'll talk more about it in the post show I'm sure. But, um, but uh, yeah, thank you, um, everybody, for listening. Um, we're going to continue recording uh, our post show after this for our Patreon subscribers. And if you're interested in that, head over to patreon.com slash 24flamespod um, and uh, join the club, everybody. Um, Jacob, do you want to plug oh, back yeah. to back films real quick? Um, when does this episode come out? Uh, the first week of August. Ah, uh, excellent. Um, so I uh, have two podcasts. One is Back to Back Films, and that's everything uh, you always wanted to know. What the fuck is it? I don't know. We just talk about is. we just talk <laughs> about <laughs> movies. I normally write it down, but okay. I, what's your handle and what's the tag? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a co-host. Okay. You can all use right, your right. notes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's everything you never knew you wanted to know about movies. Ooh, nice. Uh, so that's just me and two other filmmakers, and we just talk about different topics each each week, mm-hmm. and we go in depth about you know production or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the shit. Um, and then my other podcast which will be out by now is called cinema therapy 
and it's a 10 episode binge on divisive films uh and it's built to get you the listener to try to think critically about it so it's less me talking at you and more me trying to get you to um like these movies really um so so it's like closer at least from back-to-back films to like the spirit of this of this show yeah, yeah, it's it's all scripted. I, I do everything beforehand. So my other show's kind of bloggy, but this one's like nice mm-hmm. and tight. Nice. So uh, yeah, give it a, give it a listen. That come that is out now. So yeah. check it out. <laughs> Cinema excited, therapy. I'm, I'm excited to listen to it um, because you've you've mentioned it a couple times. Yes, hands are raised. I have something to plug. Go ahead. So uh, Twenty Four Flames is going to be on a panel at Geek Girl Con. Woo! We just got accepted. Um, It is the last weekend of October. We're still waiting for a day and a time, but it's Mm. a two-day con here in Seattle at the convention center. You can buy tickets. They're super cheap. It's really a steal at geekgirlcon.com. We are going to be on a panel um, called Hey Listen, Mm -hmm. and along with four other local geeky podcasts in the Seattle area. So I'm sure I'll be plugging this closer as well, but um, you can come and meet some of us from the pod. I think three of us right here are going to be on the pod. (laughs) It's going to be great. Is that what... Is that what you had your hand raised? Um, well, sort of. So I will, I will be double representing um, at Geek Girl Con because I also uh, work for The Moth here That's in right. Seattle. Um, and I recommend people come to the live shows. That's where it really happens. I produce on um, the third Friday of every month at St. Mark's Cathedral. There's also a show the first Thursday of every month at Fremont Abbey that my co-producer handles. Nice. Um, great. Does anybody else have anything else to plug? Quasi? Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, everybody. Um, other than that, what, what do we have to plug? Um, in the next month, uh, Party Fish Media will be launch- launching at least one more show, um, the Funhouse Podcast. Um, and so keep an eye out for that. Um, you can find more information about them um, on Facebook and Instagram at Funhouse Anthology and on Twitter at Funhouse Fun. Um, and follow Party Fish Media um, at Party Fish Media um, on Facebook and Instagram, um, and then you can follow Twenty Four Flames Pod everywhere at that handle. Um, and yeah, other than that, I don't think we have that much to post. It's the first weekend of August. There's a drink along coming up this weekend. I don't know what it is yet because it's <laughs> the end of June right now. Um, but spoiler. Let me think about anything else. But yeah, that'll be um, live this weekend, I'm sure, and then it'll go up for our Patreon subscribers on Sunday morning this weekend. And um, yeah, other than that, everybody, we are chugging along. Summer's almost over. We've got a lot of. Um, if I remember right, um, a lot of like coming of agey movies coming out in the coming weeks because it's the end of summer and everyone's heading back to school. So we're looking at like some high school themed movies and growing and changing stuff. Um, but uh, but yeah, we've got some exciting episodes up on or coming up on the horizon. So be stay tuned for that. Be stay tuned, and. Um, other than that, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to give us a rating and a review if you can, be that Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever else. I don't know where all. I don't know what you listen to. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we really appreciate that support and finding – it helps more people find the show and more people get an idea of what the show is. And so, yeah, we're thankful for that. And as I mentioned before, head over to our Patreon. There's a lot of fun goodies for you at the low entry price of only $2 a month. 
um, that you can get in on like the hot takes and the drink alongs and you get the show early extended plays the yeah the post show also um, and other than that that's it uh, so thank you Casey and Maddie and Jacob for being here and thank you Quasi for hosting and um, yeah everybody we'll catch you next week um, head over to Patreon stick around for the uh, extended play post show um, but other than that, that that does it for this week's Scott Pilgrim episode thanks for listening bye bye, bye. Fish media. Yeah.